0: Everybody's gotta eat, and nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragucci for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat.
1: Don't eat poop. Hello, hello, Francine. Hey, Matt. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Kids are all back in school? Kids are all back in school. Yes. Which is so nice. I mean, summers are so much fun with my kids. My kids are just in such a fun place just hanging out with them. But it is not easy to find a good place to work quietly with that many kids
0: in there. I nation. yeah can't imagine. And I and
1: I have a good place, but it's uh, it's you just never know if somebody's gonna barge in. So it's like you have to lock the door.
0: And then they beat or stick notes under the door. Yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, every single year is a new school year is a new milestone. Every year of us is a new milestone, and we are going to talk about a new milestone. For an organization that has been pretty impactful, I would say, in the food safety world. What organization is that?
0: It is Food Safety News. I feel like we're their uh, support network.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Their number one fan. (laughs) I'm not quite sure we're their number one fan, uh, but we're definitely high up there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I can remember when I first started
0: writing, it's been a few years ago now, not not that long ago, but it's been a few years. I have a PR agent and I was very strategic about how I wanted to do things. But, you know, it's tough to get published in national trade magazines when you first start writing yeah. if you don't know, you know, people and you aren't that recognized yet at that point. And I would... Wanted to be very strategic about how I do things. I knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do, but I just wasn't sure how to get there. And I can remember saying to her, within 12 months, I want to be published in food safety news. Yes. That was my goal. Within 12 months, I want to be published in food safety news. And she's like, she doesn't work in the industry. And she said, so like, Who are they? I said, Google them. You'll understand. And she, we were on the, we were on the phone, and she googled, and she said, "I just, I don't know." She said, "Do you think that's possible?" I said, "Anything's possible." In twelve months, I want to be in food safety news,
1: (laughs) and I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I remember that story. I think you, I, I think you told me that story when I started writing. Yes. So. Those of you who don't know, Francine was my mentor in writing. <laughs> we had been working on projects for years before I started writing. And I was I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think writing articles is the ma- most painful experience. I think editing articles oh. <laughs> is the most painful experience. Francine, do you agree? And she's like, yes.
0: <laughs> I'd rather be beat than edit. There's nothing worse than writing an article and coming up 200 words over. Because it's like, where the hell do I cut? Because every word's important. Where do I I cut 200 words from this article? You
1: know what, You need to ask Joe to edit our articles because he has no problem cutting... Thousands of words into a <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> he just edits it. So like, yeah, this whole chunk gone. That was important. Let's just delete that. <laughs> so we hit the delete button, and we're gone. It's like, well, we talked about that. Where's that at in the podcast? Delete, delete. My kids wish they had that button.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> <Don't> kidding. <we. laughs> my wife would love it. I'm sure my husband would. <laughs> I would absolutely love that button. Yeah.
0: 300 articles plus later, you know, here I am.
1: Yeah. It's crazy because it is kind of, I mean, and we do use food safety news for so much of our material. I mean, our last podcast was between food safety news and then Poisoned, which the owner of food safety news is Bill Marler and he's basically the star of that show. Well, it's such a great resource.
0: There's so much material in it. It's reliable. It's good material. It's just, it's a
1: great resource. Yeah. And you know what it is too? It's like, there are a lot of trade magazines, but very few of the trade magazines in the food safety industry have multiple articles every single day. Right. And that, that is very, very helpful, particularly, you know, back to what we said a few episodes ago where we were talking about what was the hardest part of doing a podcast. Well, for us, unfortunately for the world, finding content is not that difficult, (laughs) Because of food safety news, really. Right. when well, it's global. So,
0: you know, it's you,
1: anywhere yes. in the world, you know, you
0: can find a food safety issue at any given moment.
1: Right. I feel like an editor of, oh my gosh, this is obviously the context is not going to be the same. We are not nearly that big. But I feel like an editor in like a, a major news place where it's like uh, when people talk about news being skewed, not so much for the people talking about the news, but because of the editorial process of choosing what to actually talk about, that's kind of like what you and I get to do. We get to go into food safety news and be like, oh, there's 14 new articles this week. What two or one are we going to talk about? Exactly. So, okay, food safety news hit 14 years. 14 years. I mean, 14 years ago, Francie, nobody was talking about food safety. You and I were pounding on doors trying to convince people that food could actually kill you, which is fascinating because a hundred years ago, people actually knew food was killing (laughs) Like (laughs) As soon as Pastor came around, they're like, oh, shoot, those little microbe things could kill me? Ah, yes. uh, Maybe we should fix that. But now, because of modern technology and amazing medicine and great practices, people aren't dying as much in food safety. So it is not your day-to-day thoughts, which is fantastic. It's good, except it's still out there, right? I mean, we still have have this. But 2009, oh my gosh.
0: What? I was standing in front of rooms trying to convince people if they didn't do things properly, they could kill the people they were serving. And yes. this is why it's important.
1: Yeah, yeah, for restaurants. And I was convincing f- farmers and facilities that are processing lettuce, that there's no way that you could do a five log reduction or or get rid of all the bacteria in fresh produce by washing it. You can't do that. It doesn't, it's not science. So we have to make sure the product going into the processing is actually safe before you process it. Yes. <laughs>
0: And making a chef throw out his entire crest core, which is a, basically a, a food warmer of prime rib. I thought I was going to cry that. Oh. I'm aware of food cost because it was like 70 degrees and he had no idea how long it had been in there.
1: So 14 years, here's some statistics. So 14 years, the digital age fueled, this is a quote in the article on Food Safety News, The digital age fueled Food Safety News, FSN's rapid expansion. The platform's yearly web traffic, a testament to its burgeoning influence, surged to eclipse 15 million unique visitors and an astonishing 45 million page views in the last year alone. The meteoric growth paralleled a remarkable social media following of 202 1,000 on Facebook, 42,500 on Twitter, 4,500 on Instagram, and 32,000 on LinkedIn.
0: I feel like I might have been 5 million of those 45 million. (laughs) 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 I'm
1: kidding. You're just constantly clicking. I'm I'm on
0: safety news a lot.
1: Yeah, a lot. Well, also, I mean, before we started doing the podcast, you and I are both I would I would say we're probably an equivalent to an influencer on like other platforms on LinkedIn for food safety, right? So it's like of a niche, of a niche, of a niche, of a niche, we're pretty influential within that niche. And uh, every day we're posting on LinkedIn um, and you and I are always posting different stuff on LinkedIn, but food safety news, I think I'm posting probably about four to five articles from food safety news on a weekly basis. And I've been doing that for a decade.
0: It it gets to the point sometimes it's like, I feel like I should be pulling somebody else's material. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it's like, they're going to think this is the only resource I have. (laughs) And you and I write for
1: other
0: uh, organizations. I I write for literally every trade magazine, every, every trade food service industry trade magazine there is. So it's like, when my articles come out, of course, I publish those.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, who would I be if I didn't? And and you know what? Because of their size, like, for instance, there's a conference, Food Safety Consortium, and that Food uh, Food Safety Consortium is run by an organization called Food Safety Tech, or their publication is Food Safety Tech. The -hmm. conference is Food Safety Consortium. And you and I were just talking before the, the podcast that we're going to be at that conference and, oh yeah, let's talk to the owner. And I, every single time I talk to him, he's like, oh my gosh, we need to write more articles. You need to write more articles because last year, I think three of the top 10 articles were written by me. And it was because when I wrote them, you and I both blast and we blast each other's articles mm-hmm. too. And you and I have different networks, very large networks on LinkedIn, but very different food safety nerds. And we post it out and it a lot of people read it. I don't think we make as much of an impact for food safety news as we do with some of these smaller publications, just because food safety news is so huge. Probably. And do you think we were talking about stories and consumers and the impact of food safety last episode? And I think on this one, I think food safety news has a higher impact with consumers I think than they probably could. any Yes,
0: I do. I also can't tag food safety news. Can you? And I can the others.
1: Oh, that is a good point.
0: I didn't think about that till just now, but I can't tag food safety news, but I can the others. So that might have something to do with it as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. So in this article, they talk about all of the, the stuff in the infancy. They were like us pounding their head against the wall, basically trying to get readership. And over, just like anything, uh, I think persistence and grit help you become at the top, right? Like if you just stick around long enough, you're going to convince enough people and be around long enough where people are like, okay, fine. You're not going anywhere. We'll we'll use you, right? And I think that's kind of been like food safety news. They've been around forever and they've become the leader. But moving forward, so 14-year journey, moving forward... They have a lot of stuff that they want to do. I, I wish the article went into more depth of their new projects they want, because the article kind of makes it seem like they're just going to keep same old, same old, going down the road, doing the same thing that's made them successful, which obviously they, they should.
0: Well, clearly. Okay.
1: But if you were Food Safety News, what would you add to the platform?
0: I would add a podcast. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't want to compete against food safety news. <laughs> I don't want to
0: compete either.
1: <laughs> but I would add a podcast. You know, that's a good point because Food Safety Magazine has a podcast.
0: They do. I think How King, isn't that food? Doesn't How do Food Safety Magazine? Is that is How that King? Food Safety Matters?
1: Yes. Food Safety Matters is the podcast. Uh, is How King think, the one who runs Hal King. King? Yeah. So it, people who don't know How King, he's, uh, he's, you know, we talked about Frank Yenis wrote the book on food safety culture. Hal King has written like what? 14 books on. Oh, I, yeah. A lot. Many, many food things. quality and all that stuff.
0: And I can say how, because I consider how a friend, I know how King. So yeah, really he's I a good guy. Me a couple weeks ago <laughs> for throwing out those
1: names. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A couple weeks ago, you're like, Oh, Frank and Bill, can you check out this placenta? with <laughs> The FDA. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think they have better things to do. Uh, Okay. I don't know. Is, is how King the, I've listened to so many of these episodes. He does a lot of podcasts. He does a lot of podcasts. Is it
0: Food Safety Matters?
1: Uh, Food Safety Matters is, is the Food Safety Magazine podcast. Yeah. Which is, is a, it's a great podcast, but it's very different than what we do. They're all very different <laughs> than what we do, Matt. <laughs> no. uh, let's just say we would take a Food Safety Matters podcast And we would, uh, that would be a piece of the material that we would
0: do. I don't know that they would let us do a Food Safety Matters
1: podcast. No way. No. You know what? That'd be fun though. Let's see if we could get on Food Safety Matters.
0: (laughs) Food Safety Matters is actually, I think, more of like a niche podcast where they have different speakers each time. Mm -hmm. But I still think, what is it? Food Safety Magazine?
1: Yes, Food Safety Magazine. Yep. Yeah, and they post twice a month and each one of their episodes are like an hour to two hours long. Very good. I've listened to multiples of them with interviews of people that I want to hear, talk like they did a great one when Frank Yenis left the FDA. That was the first podcast he did was Food Safety Matters. That, That would be good. Food Safety News should have a podcast. But it would be interesting because Food Safety News, again, back to the consumer side of things, It would have to be a completely different podcast than Food Safety Matters.
0: Sandy Professional, Food Safety Unwrapped. That's what he's doing. Yes. Yeah. He also does a lot for Food Safety Matters. He does a lot for them, but he, Food Safety Unwrapped is what Hal's doing for Sandy Professional.
1: Yeah. I didn't think, because I've listened to enough of those Food Safety Matter podcasts, because now I listen to a lot of podcasts, now that we do podcasts, that- um, I was like, ah, no, I know I have listened to Hal King on podcasts, but not yeah as the host of Food Safety Matters. I'm sorry, what did you just say right before I? Oh, that if Food Safety News did do a podcast, it would be very different. It would have to be very different than Food Safety Matters. Because right. it's not, if Food Safety News is, it has a lot of different articles. It is good for people who are food safety nerds. But after every single thing that a food safety nerd would be interested in, They then go into full sections of how does listeria hurt you? How does E. coli hurt you? And so it goes into, you can read it and be a consumer and then understand the effect. So it is, they're really going for a broader audience. Their
0: publication is very different than most publications. We, back to what you were saying earlier, our podcast was intentionally designed, very intentionally designed to be different because there are so much out there for the food safety experts already and the people that work in our industry and there's not a lot out there for consumers no and we know that consumers aren't entertained by the same information that we like to read or we want to read so if we don't find a way to make it fun and entertaining no consumers aren't going to (laughs) listen You know, so we wanted to make it different than the things that are already out there. We didn't want to make another Food Safety Matters type podcast. Food Safety Matters is great. We listen to Food Safety Matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we want it to be different.
1: Yeah. So what else would be good for Food Safety News to add? Do you think a YouTube show? Well, I mean, the podcast could be YouTube. That's true.
0: You could put the podcast on YouTube. Maybe an Ask the Expert
1: Oh, would be good. Oh, that would be good. That would be fun. You know what would be awesome too? I would love to see Food Safety News do is collaborate with STOP, Stop Foodborne Illness, and have more interviews with families of victims or in victims of foodborne illnesses. Because we get a lot, I mean, we don't get enough of that, I think, in the food safety world of the actual impacts of foodborne illness. I think I think that's why poison was so powerful was the the constant stories of how these problems in the food system affected people's lives, not just acutely in the hospital having organs dying and all that stuff, but also once they're out of the hospital they wake up from acu- a coma the effects over a long period of time—that okay. would be interesting if Food Safety News did some of that too,
0: right? Well, and you know how it went on to, you know, change Darren's life, yeah, and what he's done after that as a result, and then of course the young lady, the guilt that she is,
1: yeah, I was affected for by getting that, too.
0: sick, you the know, guilt that I'm she like, had
1: from eating a salad that got at, her sick,
0: that she feels guilty because she got sick, and what her parents and her family went through while she was sick. I mean, what a shame.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. That is a unrequested synopsis of what Food Safety News should do. (laughs) 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 Actually. They did not. They do not need our opinion, but we gave it anyways. (laughs) Um.
0: The 14 years in review of Food Safety News and, you know, kind of thank you for your material. (laughs) Keep it coming.
1: All right. Well, I have one myth for you, kind of changing subject here. You can't refreeze food after you thaw it. You must cook it or throw it away.
0: That is not true. It is not true. I
1: always thought that, but that is not true. As long as you don't thaw it on the counter. If you thaw it in the refrigerator, you can refreeze it.
0: As long as it's not been in your refrigerator for a week. I mean, <laughs> yes. you have to, you know, there are parameters. <laughs> Somebody's going to have it in there for a month and be like, "Well, but Matt Rigushi said, as long as I didn't put it on my counter. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is so true. Good, good addition. There are parameters, but yes, you can refreeze food that you have thawed.
1: There you go. Should we end it? We are finished. We're finished. Good job, Matt. All right, there you go. Don't eat poop. And you can refreeze your thawed product, as long as it's not been in the refrigerator forever, and as long as you didn't thaw it on the counter.
0: I feel like we should put the specifics in the notes so that, you know, people have some kind of idea what the specifics of that are. (laughs) And so we just don't leave it hanging out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point.
0: We're not going to give you any details. You're on your own. (laughs) <laughs> that's what
1: we do oh <laughs> right. well don't eat poop I'll talk to you later bye